Welcome to the Anti-Illuminati. Welcome to the Anti-Illuminati Party Radio. Uh, today I have a special guest. His name is Fred Davis, and I want to introduce him. Um, he's from Williston, North Dakota, and um, he's going to be our special guest today. We are also going to be doing a special interview with Eric Jones, and Eric is from another courtroom observations network um, out of National Liberty Alliance. He'll be calling in shortly, but um, I just wanted to welcome you and uh, say thank you for joining us on our program. Our friend here, Frederick, is going to just start the show today uh, by saying a prayer for us, and uh, take it away, Fred. It's all you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'd just like to uh, thank the Lord to uh, bless us and uh Help us to choose our words carefully, and uh, I just like to say, Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for uh, keeping us safe out of harm, and uh, <clears throat> just bless us, Lord, and uh, in our conversation, and, uh, and help us carry out your um, your work. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Fred, we're going to be having a friend of mine call in. His name's Eric Jones, and Eric is actually an activist out of Rochester, New York. He um, basically is working with Courtroom Observation Network out of National Liberty Alliance. He's doing a lot of work uh, also with another group called Pro Se America and a lady named Jane. Um, I met Jane off of Facebook, and she's actually living in Washington, D.C., organizing courtroom observations. And um, she's, she was, excuse me, she's been communicating with Eric here the last couple of weeks. They're going to be doing an event coming up. And I just want to say a little bit about that event here. I got some information about it. And the event is going to be coming February 22nd, 2015 at 4.30 p.m. Um, you can actually call and speak to her if you go to her website, and that website is prosayamerica.net. Um, she'd like you to invite all your friends and family to the event. Um, the goal is to bring attention to occupying the judiciary, government, and elected officials, and the lack of accountability to place our government officials um, basically, our elected officials, uh, they cannot police themselves, so it's up to we, the people, to police them. Um, the idea of courtroom observation is that you don't want to be walking into a courtroom alone. And the reason that is, is when there's nobody to keep the judges and the juries accountable, they will basically do what they want to do. Um, they think they can get away with anything, so basically they're going to throw everything they can at you that is basically not a part of the law. Um, so the idea is we want to get as many people into the courtrooms observing um, cases so that the courts are held accountable. And if something does go wrong and they do throw you under the bus, there will be people there to report it to alternative media, mainstream media, 
and they're going to basically do their best to get the word out. Um, we're doing this all around the country, and we're trying to go through courtroomobservations.com. We're going to be posting the latest information on different court cases. We're going to be doing some uh, events like this one coming up on February 22nd. Or excuse me, not February 22nd. It's going to be on Friday, May 1st, 2015. Sorry, I read the wrong information. I don't know why. Um, Today is the 22nd of February. So, But anyways, um, Fred, did you, did you have anything in mind that you wanted to talk about here today? Uh, well, just pretty general stuff for us. Uh, you know, just kind of comment on you, what you're saying about Forest Judicial. Uh, implications of how the judges in the court uh, act on in the law. They just really, I appreciate this type of system. Or someone, someone has to police them, you know. So, you know, people, you go into court today by yourself, you just pretty much at their will. And I've been through that situation before a few times where, I was at the uh, mercy of the court and the judge, and they just pretty much threw the book at me. So I just uh, like to be get to know a little bit more what do you what do you understanding of this situation and uh, this program or et cetera, and just get back and just let you guys teach me some stuff. Well, um, you know, there's a lot to study in in the court cases. Uh, we've got a couple different organizations that we work with. Um, there's a group called RochesterLaw.org. Uh, RochesterLaw.org and they do a, a class, an online class, but it's actually a conference call and they do it on Saturdays. If you go to RochesterLaw.org you can get the information. Uh, there's phone numbers, there's a, a PIN number that you have to punch in and they discuss a lot of different programs. Um, with the law. They help you fight uh, in court without actually having an attorney. Um, most people don't realize it, but most people that need attorneys, originally attorneys were appointed to people that didn't understand English in, the, in, the, in American law. So nowadays, everybody, they tell everybody you need to get a lawyer. Well, it's not necessarily true. If you know the laws, then you can defend yourself. And that's really the most important thing is understanding what the laws are. Uh, if you get a Black's Law Dictionary, you can look up the laws and you can actually go into court <clears throat> and defend yourself. Um, you could bring forth um, information. You could call um, witnesses. You can basically do everything that a, a lawyer could do in a courtroom. Um, you're hearing a lot about sovereign citizenship and stuff like that nowadays. Um, and the thing is, you know, there's a lot of propaganda out there, and they're trying to say, oh, these sovereign citizens, they're terrorists. No. The truth is sovereign citizens are just American citizens that know the laws and defend themselves in the courts, uh, whether it be for tax-exempt, you know, status or, you know, driver's licensing you know, there's a lot of little details that, you know, you're not supposed to know or they don't tell you. They don't want you to know information. They want to keep you willfully ignorant and afraid 
So they throw up cases like Wesley Snipes, and they'll tell you, oh, this guy's a bad person because he didn't pay his income tax. And if you really get into studying the cases, it was never even about income tax. It was about Wesley Snipes not paying sales tax on, on his movies and stuff. So they'll basically use propaganda to, to try to scare you. And the idea behind courtroom observation is that when you go into court and you're going to stand before the judge and the jury, that you're going to have people with you that are watching your back. And it's really a good idea to have those people there. Not only are they there and they're just observing, but you could also use some of these observers as witnesses to your court case. So the idea is if you're interested in becoming a member of Courtroom Observations, go sign up at our website, courtroomobservations.com. We also have links on our other websites, um, anti-illuminatiparty.com. We have links there as well. Uh, we're going to try to put out as many videos as we can about laws and the details of the different laws that are applied to you as an American sovereign citizen. Um, there's also things that are going on where they're trying to organize jury nullification for a lot of the laws that are happening right now in America that are unconstitutional. Um, if you notice recently, the President of the United States has been basically trying to do a lot of things by executive orders. And recently, he just had... Uh, hold on a second. Hello? I'm here, Daniel. I'm here, Daniel. Oh, great. Excellent. You can hear us? I can hear you. Am I coming through okay, Daniel? Yeah, you're coming through just fine, Eric. Um... Anyways, I'm going to introduce this as Eric. He is a representative of National Liberty Alliance. And Eric has a few things for us today to discuss. Uh, Eric, we have just about 20 minutes left to the show here. Um, okay. So go ahead and uh, talk about the things that you wanted to talk about here today on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Daniel. I'll get right, I'll get right to it. Um, I can't tell you how many people... Uh, you know, go to hire a lawyer, and they get completely screwed. They give a lawyer a couple thousand bucks. The lawyer doesn't do anything. And story after story of people, man, I gave a lawyer four thousand dollars I looked for. I gave a lawyer eight hundred bucks, and he didn't do anything for him. I still had to. It's a nightmare. So I highly recommend that people look into um, self-representing, and your best asset when you get to court is having a, a group of courtroom observers with you. And I'll get right to where people can go to look into this. And it would be the National Liberty Alliance dot O-R-G. And you would open up the courtroom observers group. It's under the heading groups. And you'll see the courtroom observers. And there you will find information on how to network with other people. And if you decide to join the National Liberty Alliance and become a courtroom observer, all you have to do is log in, and you'll see request forms in case you want to request observers for a case that you are going through or offer your services to observe for people who are in need uh, who are going up in front of court. So I don't know where to begin, Daniel. Why don't we just start with, uh, gosh, I, you know, there's so many things to talk about. I think the first thing we should talk about is this. The, 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 your best asset in court 
is a camera. And the courts are desperately trying to keep cameras out of the courtroom because every judge in the nation uh, is in violation of their oath under Article 6, Clause 3. And Article 6, Clause 3 of the Constitution reads, judicial officers uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the United States and the several states, that means federal, state, and local, uh, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. And every judge took that oath, swore on a Bible nonetheless, to uphold the Constitution, and every day I see every judge in every uh, jurisdiction breaking his oath, doing things that are uh, rapidly unconstitutional. Uh, we can go down the whole list. I mean, we have a situation here, uh, this little town, Penfield, New York. It used to be a farming town. Now it's basically suburban tract development. And, uh, you know, it's not a big booming city. It's just the small four corners of town. And 170 people in one night dragged into court on all these absurd minor code violations. And guess what? I hear they're running court four nights a week now. So that was just one night out of four. And... They're running court on the weekends on Saturday, knowing that people won't be able to show up. And they're having my, my friend Chris got a ticket on Five Mile Line Road, and he got dragged in at 10.30 in the morning. Now, they're doing this intentionally because they know people aren't going to show up because they have to work, and people are either going to forget to show up or can't, and there'll be a bench warrant issued. So the next time they get picked up, they're incarcerated. Now, I want some people to know another thing about every single court case that goes through both civil and criminal. Every case is bonded by the court. And on every case, this bond, no matter what it is, makes interest. And so the longer these judges and lawyers can do what's called protracting, which is prolonging and dragging a case out as long as they can so they make all this interest on the bond for the case. The longer they wait, the more the interest piles up, and the lawyers make $200 an hour along the way on their end as well. So it's this giant scam, and these judges are sitting on fiscal permits for years, not issuing them. They're sitting on Social Security settlements and not issuing them for years. I know a gentleman here. I saw the paperwork from Strong Memorial Hospital. He has 17 verified physical disabilities from an accident he had, and the court, after three and a half years, is still jerking him around on his Social Security settlement. So why? Because the case is bonded, and the more they can drag it on, the more interest they can make on the case. It gets into the millions. I witnessed the court, let me, and let me give an example of a specific case of how corrupt it is. First of all, the court system in New York, you no longer have town court. Look at the sign on the wall behind the judge, and it says, Unified Court System of New York State, right down to the town court level. That means you don't have any more town sovereignty. You don't have any more county sovereignty. Everything's been gobbled up by the state. And so, and with the towns and the courts now being incorporated, you have a private corporation that's operating out of its constitutional jurisdiction, dragging hundreds of people a night in for minor code violations and victimless crimes. And I want to emphasize that word, victimless crime. The state cannot be a victim. The county, the town cannot be a victim. If you're speeding down the road and there's no victim, there's no crime. And if, you're, if your sticker on the color of your car is the wrong color on your car, that's not a crime. There's no victim to that crime. There should be absolutely no penalty. And when the National Liberty Alliance, with its common law grand jury mechanism, the enforcement mechanism, all constituted now in every one of the 3,133 counties in the nation that are populated, 
There's 3,145, but a few in Alaska don't have any people in them. But in every single one of the 3,133 counties, we have constituted a common law grand jury of at least four people and work up to 25 to bring common law indictments against corrupt judges. And that's our enforcement. And once we have a common law sheriff in place that will exercise his authority, we can put some white stripes on those black robes and send some of these corrupt judges to prison. Let me give you an example of what went down here in New York the other day, Daniel. Uh, there's this, I watched a man, uh, he's having his home seized by Bank of America, who acquired a fraudulent mortgage from Countrywide, which went bankrupt. Now, Bank of America cannot show a promissory note or any proof that they own any paperwork on this house, yet they're filing papers in the court of Judge Doyle to seize the property. Judge Doyle issued a ruling, and here is his ruling right here. I am looking at it, and I'm going to read it to you. It's basically only one sentence, and it says this. In regard to the matter at hand, um, the motion will be heard on October 7th of 2014 at 1.30. The relief will not be granted. That means Bank of America will not be able to seize this property if there is no appearance by the plaintiff's attorney. Three times, Bank of America failed to show up in court. No lawyers, no representatives, no one. And Judge Doyle, even though he ruled that he would not find in favor of Bank of America if they didn't show up in court, he, they didn't show up, and he still violated his own ruling and ruled in favor of Bank of America. I went up to witness the sale of the property, which is taking place in a courtroom. They're selling people's houses unlawfully that they can't prove ownership to. And the man sitting in the buyer's chair looks like a farmer with a beard and overalls and a flannel shirt. And when I asked if he was the lawyer for Bank of America, he said, I represent Bank of America. And doesn't it turn out, it appears from all my reports, the people looking at his picture on the Internet, and I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but it looks like that he's another judge, Judge Morris, another sitting judge, representing Bank of America. So we have two judges selling each other property for pennies on the dollar and making interest on the bond for the case along the way. And the lawyers are getting $200 an hour, and they're seizing as many as 10,000 houses, properties, are listed for foreclosure right now in the Rochester, Monroe County area. That's obscene, and they're doing it totally fraudulently with no stenographer in the courtroom. So there's no record of the proceedings whatsoever. And if you try to break out a camera, they're threatened to arrest you, and they have you removed from the courtroom. So it's very, very corrupt here in New York, just so people know how bad it is. And it's going on in every community in the nation. I talk to people in Kansas, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Washington State, Colorado, New Jersey, I mean, you name your state, and it's going on in every community, Maryland, Virginia. So anyway, if people want to get involved, and you know, I'll stop complaining here, but I wanted to expose the corruption and let people know how bad it is and how much courtroom observers are needed, because when you go into a court and there's no stenographer, who's going to still have a record of that case? I mean, you have to be there to observe it, to know, to see what testified to what the corruption, because in the future... Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure that a great number of these uh, judges and lawyers go to prison for the corruption and the theft that they're committing. I mean, they're, st they're stealing people's private property and putting them out homeless in the middle of the winter when it's below zero outside. And they're doing it with no stenographer, with no promissory note. Their Bank of America is not even showing up in court. They're just filing papers, and the judges, like Joyle, are running it through. And they, they, another judge dresses up in his, in his farmer's clothes and sits there and buys a $150,000 house for $3,500.
and that's the scam they're running on people, and it's, it's absolutely disgusting because these people have children, and they're going homeless now. So I encourage people to get involved with the National Liberty Alliance dot O-R-G. And like I said, if you put your cursor on groups and go to the courtroom observers section, you'll see a couple of documents at the top of the bulletin board that are very uh, pertinent to uh, how courtroom observing, observing can be done, the, the, the cases you can cite from federal court that ensure you have the right to film. There are two, one Fordyce versus the city of Seattle, and the other one Smith versus the city of Cumming, and they're both from two different federal circuit courts, the 9th and the 11th, respectively. And if you write a brief one-sentence letter, uh, I respectfully command that Judge, whoever, Judge Smith, honor and enforce my right to film matters of public interest on public property pursuant to those two cases. They have to let you bring the cameras in the courtroom. Don't go in as media. Go in as a private individual. Get your cameras in there ahead of time. Petition the court to film. It's your right. You're not asking. You're telling. Uh, but you do it nicely, and you let them know that federal case precedent is on your side. Once the cameras get in the courtroom and they start rolling, these judges absolutely panic because now all of a sudden there's a stenographer there, and it's us. They don't do. They don't not. They're not recording their own criminal action. We need to do it for them. And eventually, we can. When the people demand the change and they demand the common law grand jury mechanism be instated. Uh, then the change will happen. And if we can get into one court, and it will happen soon, uh, then we can indict other judges from that court. And when a judge is indicted, he has to remove himself from office. So once they start, we start indicting judges, they can just basically, they're going to either do the right thing and obey their oath, uphold the Constitution, or leave office and let a constitutional judge come in. And you'll find that the amount of cases that are running through these courts, 98% of them will go away. Because most of them are victimless crime paperwork violations, violations of probation or parole, uh, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's, and now they're going to round you up and stick you back in jail. I've seen it happen to an 82-year-old man taking care of a disabled son. I mean, they were going to put him back in prison for three years because he didn't fill his paperwork out properly. It was disgusting. So please, people, if you want to get involved with the National Liberty Alliance, you can either get involved with the, grand, the, common, the common law grand jury which is uh, which is already constituted in every county. So get a hold of your county or state coordinator. It's all up there on the National Liberty Alliance website. And from there, you can become involved. And if you become a quorum observer, we'd appreciate your help. Everybody who becomes a, ma a member of the National Liberty Alliance should be a quorum observer because that's really the, the 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 rubber meets the road of where we are. And you can go into court with the best case in the world. You can have the Perry Mason common law case fight and have the justice and truth on your side, and you will lose your case because they're that corrupt unless, unless you have courtroom observers on your side. You can go in with a crappy case and win if you have a lot of people with you with cameras because that's really the bottom line is the public pressure uh, is something that the system does not like. Once you start recording their corruption and their criminality, they tend to really back off, and uh, a lot of these cases have been resolved in our favor, very much in our favor, 80, 70 to 80 percent in favor of the people that we uh, assist with the Quorum Observers Network of the National Liberty Alliance. Wow, Eric, um, I want to talk to you about um, what's going on with the ProSayAmerica.net. I guess they have an event coming up on May 1st. Uh, Occupy the Jerry Truth and Freedom Activist Program. Um, yeah, she's. I spoke with the. 
I spoke with the founder of Pro Se America, uh, Miss Janice. She's very nice, and she's doing a great job, and we're going to actually try to give her some traction and some publicity for what she's doing because we believe, you know, she's on the right track. And she is uh, pretty much on board with the National Liberty Alliance and what we're doing. So, you know, another another alliance has been made, and she is going to have a march down Pennsylvania Avenue on May 1st which is called Law Day. Now, the law, as far as the system is concerned, is a bunch of legal uh, BS. And the true law, the common law, the the Magna Carta and the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, that law is just what Law Day should be. And she's going down to make that point that, hey, let's remember common law, let's remember real law, and you, what you guys have uh, coming out of this course right now is not law. It's legalized theft, and that's all there is to it. Um, you can, I mean, it's like Germany. They passed all kinds of papers and edicts and, and statutes and policies that said, you know, you got to do this and you can't do that. First you had to put the star on your window, and then you had to get on the train and go to the camp. And, you, can, you know, the legislators and parliaments can pass all kinds of stuff, it's, to me, it's nothing more than toilet paper they can use for you-know-what. Um, the real law is in the Constitution, and I'll say it again. Every judge is breaking his oath to uphold the Constitution every time they put on that witch's robe. And let me remind people, there's only two groups of people who wear black robes, judges and Satanists, and that's not by accident. So, uh, people need to realize the difference between legal and lawful. And on May 1st, the law day, Janice is going to have a march down Pennsylvania Avenue. I believe she's going to hit the. Uh, you're going to want to talk to her about this. She's going to. She's going to go stop at the White House. She's going to stop at the Justice Department, the FBI, the Supreme Court, and oh gosh, the Capitol. And she is going to be willing to pass out a document that the National Liberty Alliance has drafted called the Quo Warranto, and that is spelled Q U. O W A R R A N T O Quo Warranto. And that document, I believe it's a sixteen page document, is an excellent, excellent uh, uh, uh read for people who want to familiarize themselves with what we're ex- actually doing at the National Liberty Alliance. We have already sent that Quo Warranto to oh my gosh, I think all the Joint Chiefs of Staff, every member of Congress, and every federal judge in the nation, and we're working our way down through the state and local judges right now to put them on notice that they took an oath to uphold the Constitution. They are breaking it. Now, do they want to be up on criminal charges, or do they want to do the right thing, or leave office? That's really the only, those are the only options, and they have to start doing the right thing. I don't think they're capable myself. I'm not that optimistic, because they're all they are is corrupt lawyers, and if you took away their money stream and, and forced them to be constitutional judge, they're going to have to give up their, you know, Mercedes and all the stuff that they bought with stolen money. Now, I don't begrudge anybody wealth or nice things, but earn your money honestly. Don't earn it by ripping off the people, by protracting cases that are bonded, making a bunch of money on the interest, and your attorney buddies get $200 an hour to clean people out and steal their private property. So there's all kinds of case precedent in the uh, Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that people can use to uh, reaffirm their rights. And when they go up in front of court, I, 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 I encourage people to write a brief jurisdictional challenge and say this court has no jurisdiction over me based on the following principles and precedents and go through your Declaration of Independence and go through your Constitution. I did, and look what I found in the Declaration to back up our, uh, you know, um, how about this? This is right out of the Declaration of Independence. Um, 
combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution. Now, they didn't even have a Constitution written up. This is in the Declaration before the war was even fought, and they were already talking about jurisdictions that are foreign to their Constitution, just like we have today, a jurisdiction that's foreign to our Constitution. They're bringing you in on victimless crimes, statute law, and BS toilet paper that comes out of Washington and Albany. And so just go through there and pull it out. Destroy the lives of our people. Repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. Attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. There it is. So it's all right in there. And so one of my favorites is to, to affirm your private property rights is Article 4, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. And, and so in your Article 14, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property. And here we are having houses seized everywhere. Judges took an oath to uphold the Constitution. I'd say they're breaking it when they steal someone's house. And Bank of America can't show a promissory note. So back to Janice and the uh, Pro Se America. She's going to be passing out the Guaranto that the National Liberty Alliance drafted to the Supreme Court justice uh, clerks, to uh, the White House legislative aides and staffers at the Capitol. Any congressmen or senators we can run into along the way would be wonderful. She's very well spoken, and she's a great judge. Uh, diplomat for freedom. So we're going to back her up and give her some action and some publicity at the National Liberty Alliance. She's going to pass out some of our documents and, and try to get that on, on video, her uh, delivering those documents by hand to the to the people uh, in question. Anyways, hey, I, I hate to interrupt you, but uh, our show for Blog Talk Radio is going to come to an end, but we're going to continue broadcasting off of our, our, our site for the... Um, YouTube, so you can continue with what you were saying. Um, so go ahead and continue with what you're saying there. Okay, very good, Daniel. I'll just continue right on. We'll get your listeners on Blog Talk uh, the next time around, next weekend, hopefully. And then meanwhile, so anyway, uh, Pro Se America is going to be marching down Pennsylvania Avenue. They have the full support of the National Liberty Alliance. I encourage everybody who can join in this, this march. This is a real solutions situation here. This is not, you know, complaining that the law stinks and what are we going to do and walking and not really presenting a plan. I want to see the plan. Every other march that's come down Pennsylvania Avenue, and there's been a bunch of them, where's the plan? Where's the document? Where do you have? What are you delivering to people? What are you showing? Yeah, I know the legislatures and the judges are, are going to, you know, you know, you can say, hey, they're never going to change. They're going to do what they're going to do. But you still have to make your statement and present your plan because guess what? The people of the nation are looking to you for some kind of solution, some kind of, you know, what do you got? So you can't just march and say, hey, this stinks, and you guys are sad, and we want our rights back, and, wow, okay, great, let's spend the night at the hotel and waste 180 bucks and go home. Where is the plan? So I don't see it. So anyway, National Liberty Alliance has a plan. Courtroom or preserving is a plan. That's an actual thing you can do. So um, I, you know, people, you got to get out there, and you know, freedom needs boots on the ground. And I hate that term because I'm not into this big war state that we're in. But you know, we need rubber meets the road, um, nuts and bolts people who are going to get out and actually get with the solution, which is uh, backing up the common law grand jury mechanism that's already instituted in every county, electing a common law or constitutional sheriff who's going to exercise his authority to arrest these judges when they do the unconstitutional act and they break their oath and they trample on people's freedom and their violation of Article 7, Article 14, Article 6, Clause 3, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8. I could go on and on and on. 
So and and the rest of these judges, they need to be. It's the only it's the only place we're going to get our freedom back because you can you can do all the legislating you want, but when it gets to the courts, ultimately where the lawsuits take place, because people are going to challenge, and that's where everybody gets stopped, and that's where the giant that's where the giant scam is taking place. And if you have time, I can go right back to the genesis of the scam and how it was set up before the American Revolution, and nothing. And I'll make the case that nothing has changed since the days of the colonies. Look around you. 19 out of the 20 points of the Communist Manifesto are already in action right here in the country. And look, at, and look into it yourself, people, if you think that's hyperbole or if you think that's an exaggeration. It's, it's already, it's, 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 nothing has changed. So if you want me to make that case, Daniel, it would take me about, oh, five or ten minutes. I can do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you're very knowledgeable on the subject, and I'd love to educate some of the people that are listening to this program, maybe for the first time. Um, you know, Daniel, let me, I'm going to take a break. Because I'm just going to get a sip of something to drink. Why don't you take the mic for about oh, a minute, and I'll come right back in, and I'm going to give people a little uh, history lesson. The the untold story, what, what, what you're not going to hear from anybody else, and it's right out of the dictionary, so it's not really arguable. Give me a one-minute uh, one break, and I'll be right back, okay? Oh, absolutely, Eric. Uh, take your time. Uh, we'll definitely be here. Um I guess I, I got a couple things that we can talk about here with the courtroom observers. Um, just recently, within the last couple of days, I started to add a couple links to the website. If you go to courtroomobservers.com, I, I did add a nationallibertyalliance.com uh, courtroom observers uh, page. We also added a Pro Se America link with the page. They have uh, Facebook groups. You can go and check those out if you're interested in that. Um, we also have forums on the website, Courtroom Observer. We have different laws, uh, links to different laws. Um, and here's another thing. If you're, if you're listening to the program or you're watching this YouTube video, um, if you are an activist or you have a website out there that you're interested in getting out information and you want to do an interview with us, definitely contact me. Um, you can contact me through my phone, my mobile number. It's 585-236-9858. Or you can contact us through Courtroom Observers. We have a link there, a contact page. And um, we'll definitely be willing to entertain different ideas as far as uh, courtroom stuff and laws go. Uh, it's one of my favorite subjects to uh, talk about is the different laws that are out there. There's a lot of things that, you know, mainstream America, you know, good-blooded, red-blooded Americans, you know, aren't aware of because they don't study such topics as laws. Uh, you know, a lot of people are more interested in watching football and, you know, dancing with the stars. But when it comes down to them getting in trouble or, you know, whether it's with taxes or they're losing their home or, you know, they've been falsely accused or arrested, they want to know some stuff. Well, this is a good site, courtroomobservers.com. We have a lot of different information for people that have been caught up in the, basically the fraudulent system out there. And we want to be able to share that information. So if you're listening and, and you're 
you're interested and you like what we're, we're doing, the work that we're doing here, we encourage you to share this information with your friends and your family. Um, because, you know, there's an old saying, knowledge is power. But there's also another saying from the Bible, and it says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So the idea is when you have the knowledge, you can fight back in a righteous way. Knowing the law is basically being empowered. So this is um, this is basically my passion and Eric's passion and a lot of activists out there. Um, really what got me involved with are you back, Eric? I am, Daniel. Awesome. Um, yeah, go ahead, man. What were you going to talk? You were going to talk about history here, American history and the law. Well, wait till you hear this. Hold on a second. Got to open up my. I got to open up my new favorite book, the dictionary, other than the Bible. My new favorite book, other than the Bible. Oh, and that was Hosea 4.6, I think, by people would be destroyed for, for lack of knowledge. And um, yeah. so anyway, uh, as I was going through the book, just looking up different definitions of, of, of certain words, I came across, oh, by the way, I wanted to start off, because here's kind of the scoop, Daniel. I'm surprised no other talk show hosts are talking about this. This is the 800th year anniversary of the signing of the Magna Carta, which is the Great Charter of Liberties that was signed in 12, the year 1215, uh, at Runnymede, England. And so uh, this is a big year. 800 years it's been. On June 15th, it'll be 800 years to the day. So I thought that was interesting. We should be celebrating that. Um, and we should look back to those principles and, and, and precedents for, you know, for our guidance because our our freedoms were already codified or encoded, written down, put into law, put into writing. Um, you know, hundreds of years ago. And as I was looking through the dictionary, I noticed the word Clinton with a capital C was written at the top of the page, and I said, wow, Phil and Hillary Clinton must be so famous now that they're in the dictionary. And so I looked down, and, uh, well, there was no Bill or Hillary, but there were one, two, three, four, four or five other Clintons that were all alive during the same period of time and as I'm looking through the dictionary, I noticed that they're, they were all on opposite sides of the war, even though they were alive at the same time and had all the same names. And it was it's a giant cluster that I couldn't figure out. And I'm looking, and, I'm, and I'm, so I, I look and I see that George Clinton, and, and I'm not talking about the King of Funk from the Parliament of Funkadelics, but here's, here's Clinton. Where is it here? Back one page. And so I'm looking down, and I see George Clinton, British, uh, 18, 1686, to 1761. Okay, so now track me here, folks. See if you can follow me. This is going to be, I'm going to tie this up at the end. It'll be pretty interesting for you. George Clinton, British Admiral, late 1600s to 1761. British Admiral and Colonial Administrator, Governor of New York from 1743 to 1753. Now, he's the main man. He's the guy, he's the main pirate. He's the guy that's burning people's houses to the ground stealing their cattle, stealing their horses, taking their guns, all the tyranny was under this. I mean, this is the food, This is the guy with the food on the throat, big time. George Clinton, British Admiral. Okay, so I turn the page, and then I see George Clinton II, 1739 to 1812. Now, get this. Okay, so he's got the same name as the British Admiral. He's born just a little bit later, so it would be maybe the age of a nephew or a son or something like that. 
Now, who, guess who? Guess, guess, listen to this guy. George Clinton, number two, the younger. Vice President of the United States under Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. Also, first governor of New York State after the Revolution. Now, let me stop there. Did you get that, folks? We have the guy who was the colonial governor under British occupation and tyranny named George Clinton. And then after the supposed revolution that we supposedly fought for our supposed freedom, another guy named George Clinton is now the first governor of New York, the state. Okay, now the chances of that happening by accident, that the guy on one side of a war it has the identical name as the guy who takes over supposedly on the opposite side after the war, and they got the same name, is about zero. It's about like walking out of your house ten days in a row and getting struck by lightning. Okay, so... I said, there's no way these guys cannot be related. they got to be related. So I went on my mission there to find out. And I'm still putting some pieces together. I haven't quite got to Ancestry.com yet. But I'll get you listeners as far as I got, which is the long and short is, after I called Rundell Library in Rochester, spoke to the history research librarian, he called the local historian, they all called the Sons of the American Revolution, and all of them, and she called me back and said, geez, Eric, i got some bad news for you. They're not related. And I said, oh, well, yeah, okay. Oh, and that's, I'm like, wow. And I'm like, geez, like the Santa kid just found out there's no Santa Claus. And so I said, wait a minute. I've heard enough BS in my day and enough garbage and lies that I'm not believing nothing. They didn't show me any family tree. They didn't show me anything. Oh, they, they, all I got was he said and they said and she said that they said, and then so we're going to believe that. Oh, I said, wait a minute here. So... I called a couple more libraries, you know, figured that saved myself a little running around. And doesn't the Oranicoit Library have a book called Master Builder of the Empire State? Now, did you get that? Master Builder of the Empire State. Note the Masonic reference. Note the reference to the Masons who always call themselves from day one, the time of Alexander the Great, or earlier, biblical, Master Builders. So that was very interesting. And in Master Builders of New York State, it's just a basic, it's a simple book. It's not a huge research study. But it says the younger George Clinton was given his start by his relative, the older George Clinton, the British Admiral. Did you get that? So the younger George Clinton, who was vice president under Jefferson, vice president of the United States, supposedly, <laughs> uh, was, a, was a relative of the older George Clinton, and the older George Clinton gave his relative, the younger George Clinton, a start at the as a as a clerk in the law office of the Ulster County, New York County government. Okay, so they are related, absolutely. This was not, and it's not by accident. And I don't care what anybody says. This is not a family divided. This is a family united. That George Clinton, the younger, did not defect and become buddies with George Washington, which he did, and become vice president under two presidents, which he did, and the governor of New York. Oh, and by the way, his son, DeWitt Clinton, went out to be governor of New York State twice. So for a 100 years, we had the same family, the Clinton family, related. Oh, all these people are related now. Both George Clinton are related. Being the governor of New York and in the vice presidency of the United States from the 17, early 1700s, right through to the mid-1800s, from, from before the supposed American Revolution to after the supposed American Revolution. So there it is. The British were pre-positioning their people in, in points of barristership, and the barrister is a lawyer, 
So no matter what happened, no matter who won the Revolutionary War, we could fight all the battles we want. Run off with the flag of George Washington and cross that river and wave that flag and fight the Hessians and Bunker Hill and all this crap. And guess what? We're under the same, long and short, where are we today, Daniel? We're under the same damn tyranny we were under back then. Nothing's changed. We're nice. It's here. We're under a police Prius statute court. We're part of its common law constitutional jurisdiction. The lawyers who are judges now, every judge that you see with that black robe, that's a lawyer. You don't get to be a judge unless you're a lawyer. So all these judges are lawyers. The lawyers are, have been in place since before the American Revolution. They've got the main people. So George Clinton, the younger, was given his start by his British admiral uncle, and he was put inside the clerkship in Ulster County. He worked his way up through the ranks and worked, became bosom buddies with George Washington, uh, and that's documented, and the vice president twice and the first governor of New York State. So there you have it, one family. I 